0: Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Okay, I got a little story for you. There were two friends that met on the street one day. And one of the friends looked really sad and kind of downtrodden, on the verge of tears. The other man said, Hey, my friend, how come do you look like the whole world is just about to cave in on you? Sad fellow looked up and said, Well, let me tell you. Three weeks ago, an uncle died, and he left me $50,000. And the friend looked up and said, whoa, that's not bad. That's that's terrific. And the sad one said, well, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just getting started. (laughs) He said, two weeks ago, a cousin that I never knew kicked the bucket and left me $95,000 tax free to boot. The friend looked up and said, well, that, 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 that's great. I'd like that, that's great. And friend said, well, 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 well. last week my grandfather passed away. And I inherited almost a million dollars. And the friend looked up and said, man, why are you so glum? And the guy looked up and said, this week, nothing. (laughs) In the Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, verse Uh, In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. Then you will call on me and and come pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. The title of my talk today is On the Road of Prosperity. Now notice I didn't say on the road to prosperity. The experience of prosperity is a process, an ongoing experience. It's not a destination. Now, even though many of us have been raised to believe that prosperity is a destination, it's an ongoing experience. Webster's Dictionary defines prosperity as the condition of being successful or thriving, especially economic well-being, flourishing, successful, strong, profitable, affluent, flowing freely, or in great quantity. One of God's greatest gifts is that we are born on the road of prosperity. By the sheer fact that we are children of God, we are born into all of God's blessings. Prosperity is an ongoing, everyday experience. It is our job to nurture and care for our consciousness of prosperity. This means that we must recognize all of our good to keep ourselves on that road. in her writings titled, True Prosperity. Myrtle Fillmore wrote, Prosperity is not making money or putting out good or developing property. It is determining what our individual soul requires in order to cause it to unfold more and more of God and then how to harmonize its expression with the needs of our fellow man so that all are really benefited and inspired to unfold and express more of their inner spiritual resources. Smart lady. The road of prosperity offers us the opportunity to grow in education, Creativity, good physical and mental health, harmonious relationships, and yes, financial well-being, money. When we take time each day to renew our faith and strengthen our belief in God's gift of prosperity, it keeps us firmly in the center of the road of prosperity, firmly on that road when we forget to nurture that faith and believe and, and forget to believe in our good, that's when, more of our, that's when one or more of our wheels slip off the road of prosperity and get stuck in the mud on the side of the road. We can get stuck. And there are some of us who choose to remain stuck. There are many things that contribute to the depth of our faith and belief in prosperity. What are some of these things that cause us to slide off off the road? When I was growing up, prosperity was not something that was really talked about and rarely talked about and acknowledged out loud. There were certain things that were acceptable to acknowledge out loud, certain experiences of prosperity. You could acknowledge out loud uh, res- educational accomplishments. You could acknowledge out loud uh, in- in- engagements. You could acknowledge out loud marriages. You could acknowledge out loud the birth of children. These were all things that everybody was willing to acknowledge out loud. Everybody was willing to claim that prosperity. The one purpose. The one prosperous element, which seemed to be off limits to discuss, was the sort of financial good. We were not supposed to talk about those things that appeared to be financially good. It seemed to be okay for people to commiserate out loud. There was plenty of willing, plenty of folks willing to commiserate. Well, you know, I didn't have this, and well, you know, that didn't work for me, and well, you know, I didn't have this money for such and such and such. We could commiserate out loud, but it was considered bad manners to talk about any success that demonstrated financial gain and success. The vast majority of people during my youth identified with lack. The majority of working men set out the intention to get a job and you keep the job for life until you retire with the gold watch whether they were found fulfillment in the job or not. Women who were fortunate enough to have jobs, such as teachers and nurses, were the exception to the rule. They were not the norm. As the economy began to grow and prevail consciousness uh, and, and the prevailing consciousness of lack kept people from learning to celebrate their prosperity. I was a baby boomer and we boomers were the first generation after World War II. So there were many years where people had to do without the simplest commodities. When the economy finally started to improve and people were able to obtain some of these commodities that they went years without, they were afraid to say anything for fear of being ostracized, for fear of being labeled prideful or being showing off. As I grew up, I became so aware that people worked hard at keeping their prosperity to themselves. When people got promotions or raises, and in some cases new jobs, they were rarely celebrated outside the household. I also remember some of my friends and I having dreams of what we were gonna be when we grew up. And there were sometimes there were family and friends would say to us, well, you know what? You can forget that idea. You need money for that kind of thing and money doesn't grow on trees. I remember when I was 15 I used to babysit for the kids across the street. And I went over there one night to babysit. And uh, my dad had decided he wanted to buy a new car. And he decided he wanted one of those Volkswagen uh, vans. Back then they called them buses, Volkswagen bus. Well, yours truly was 15 and a half and had just gotten her learner's permit. And yours truly was just thrilled to her stop to her knocking her socks off thrilled because when dad comes home with that little puppy, yours truly gonna get to drive it. So I was babysitting one night, the kids across the street. And when the parents came home, uh, I don't even remember what brought the conversation up, but I told them that we were getting this new van and I'm, gonna, I'm so excited, I'm gonna be able to drive it. And this is just gonna be really good. Well, I get home that night, my folks had gone to bed already, got up the next morning, long about lunchtime, my mother comes to me and said, come here. I said, what? She says, you out here telling the neighbors that we're getting a new car? I looked at her, and so said, what are you talking about? She said, you, you I found out this morning, that you were across the street telling people last night that we're getting a new car? Well, I'm sitting there looking at her like, well, what's the big whoop? Yeah, we are getting a new car. They're gonna see it in the driveway tomorrow, so what's the big whoop? <laughs> Well, you don't go out and tell people that we're gonna be getting a new car. You just don't do stuff like that. And I'm sitting here thinking, what, is there something wrong with celebrating our prosperity? Is there something wrong with me being excited? All I care about is the fact that I'm gonna to get to drive it. So through my life, I got mixed messages about what you could celebrate and what you couldn't celebrate got to the point where every time i started to say something wonderful about something prosperous i think wait a minute is this on the which which list is this on is this on the prove list or is this on the no 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 list it became increasingly difficult to determine what we could celebrate and what we couldn't so being in that place of fear and not knowing that began to creep into my consciousness and it began to kind of slide me off the road of prosperity. I remember when I was in, living in California and I was working for the Walt Disney Company and I was a human resource consultant and the company had hired an additional outside consultant, human resource consultant to come in and work for us because we had a bunch of people to hire. And so, and so this woman and I got to know each other and we got to be pretty good friends. Turns out she was, she grew up in Tennessee and I grew up in Virginia. She was, she and I talked about life and it was interesting how much we had in common. Now, she was white and of course I was black. And so that just made the conversation a little bit more interesting. So she shared with me that one day she came home from high school came running in her house all excited about some new scientific concept that they did she learned in school that day and she runs in the house and she gets runs up to her dad and she's telling her dad oh you'll never guess what i learned and she starts going on and on and on about how wonderful this was finally her dad stopped her and says honey now you know i love you he said but i'm gonna have to tell you don't go out here and start getting above your raisin and she and I had just laughed out loud. Her father was telling her, you no, you don't go out and you learn anything more than what you have now. You don't go out and get above where you were raised. This is, this is, this is not how it works. So a lot of us, as we were growing up, we were in that process of having those limitations of where our parents were where our family members were. And when we did manage to go out and go beyond our raisin, then there were those challenges from friends and family. Oh, well look where you, where, where you think you got to. How smart are you? And it became this process of, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is this a positive or is this a negative? Am I supposed to slow down and stop because somebody told me not to go get above my raisin? The late Reverend Dr. Kathleen Lenover, <clears throat> who was a religious science minister, she wrote an article entitled it, Revealing Prosperous Beliefs. She talked about how, as new thought teachings emerged in her life, the challenge became about unlearning while learning. She wrote, that, as she uh, she wrote, uh, she writes that as she took on the power of her mind to co-create with the divine, she got to experience the unlearning of being a sinner, and in a salvation uh, and need, and in need of salvation through suffering. Because I remember that was the most difficult part for me when I became, started to become a metaphysician. It's like I had to let go of this whole idea that I'm, I'm not worthy. I had to let go of this whole idea of not getting above my reason. I had to let go of this whole idea that I am whole, perfect, and complete. I had to, to absorb this idea that I am whole, perfect, and complete just as I am because that wasn't the environment that I grew up in. So I had to unlearn while learning. I had to find new levels of acceptance of me and who I am and what I can do. In his book, Thou Shalt Not Suffer, Reverend Mark Anthony Lord shared a story about one of his students When they were in class, they were discussing the idea of desires and dreams. And this woman looked at him and said, she really didn't have any dreams. She didn't really know what she wanted for her life. She recalled so many times as a child that when she and her mother would go out, she would be looking through store windows or she would meet somebody who had a new and interesting item and she would say, I want that. And the mother told her, you can't have that. She heard the you can't have that so many times that she finally realized that over the years she had stopped dreaming and having desires for her life because she always heard the voice in the back of her head saying, you can't have that. So, so many of us, when we are asked now as adults, well, well, if money were no object and success was flat out guaranteed, what do you want your life to look like and feel like right now? And a lot of people don't know. Because somewhere in their mind, they heard you can't have that. Somewhere we have that idea floating around. Now, for a lot of us, the idea of prosperity is going to take a willingness on our part to bring it to the light some of these old ideas that we have. Some of these old relationships that we had with this idea of prosperity. Because yeah, I heard a lot of times, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. It's hard to come by. Don't save it. You know, I mean, I mean don't spend it. You got to save it. I had to learn that there is such a thing in the universe as reciprocity. We have to release things to have them return to us, and that includes money. Because we know that some of us have learned some, in, in some of our fundamentalist religious practices, that they have misinterpreted scripture, and that they misinterpreted in such a way where they were praising the poor and mocking the rich. In his book, Prosperity, Charles Fillmore wrote, you are in possession of everything necessary for the demonstration of prosperity and can undertake it with the utmost confidence and faith. You can draw on the om- omnipresent substance throughout eternity, yet it will never grow less for it, is, it consists of ideas Through thinking, you take some of the ideas into your mind and they begin to become manifest in your affairs. So many people live in that fear of there's not enough. When we live on the road to prosperity, our understanding is that there is enough. There's always enough. I remember being as as a granddaughter of a farmer I learned that you couldn't plant new seed on old dried up mineral-less soil. So when I was a child, I remember my grandfather, he would go out in the spring and he would get his mule and his plow and he would turn up that old dried up winter soil and he would fertilize that soil and he would let that, that refurbished soil, that turned up soil breathe for a few weeks before he started to plant new seed. So before we can plant new seed in our consciousness, we have to understand that fertile soil already exists in our our mind by our understanding and acceptance that God is our source. God is an endless, bountiful source whence all things come. So there gets to be a level of enthusiastic anticipation about our ideas and the new adventures, the new people, the new situations. We don't need to be stuck in the mud on the side of the road of prosperity. We get to be living and driving down the center of the road of prosperity. Whatever we choose to plant in our consciousness, we co-create with the divine by nurturing, believing, and having faith that our dreams and desires are demonstrated in our lives, even if we don't see it right away even if we don't see demonstration immediately. I know we used to have this, in one of my uh, ministerial classes, we used to have this little practice where we would never walk past a penny on the ground. You see any money on the ground, you stop and you pick it up. We don't discard, we don't step on, we don't ignore prosperity, even in the tiniest forms. So we were all born into life, into health, into love, into creativity and prosperity just because we're children of God. Now can I get an amen? Yeah, Yeah, see this my amen corner over here? See? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. We got some hallelujahs this morning too. That's it. We are born into a life of health, love, creativity, prosperity just because we're children of God. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to get any advice. We don't have to be blessed. We don't have to do nothing. And we are as prosperous as we choose to be. Nobody's put a, a, a stopwatch on that. You say it first, because... uh, that's right. We don't have to put a stopwatch on that. God provides for all things. God nurtures all things. God loves all things. So, what do we plant in our fertile consciousness that keeps us on that road of prosperity? First of all, we plant this idea that we are born on the road of prosperity. That becomes an internal conscious acceptance. I am born on the road of prosperity. Repeat that after me. I am born on the road of prosperity. Number two, prosperity is a daily process, not a destination. Say that with me. Prosperity is a daily process, not a destination. Number three, we must nurture our belief and faith in our prosperity by means of a daily spiritual practice and by means of that spiritual practice, which we can enhance with additional classes, with additional study, showing up here in this beautiful center that we are blessed with to be and share with like-minded folks. We are, get to be willing to notice our prosperity in the smallest quantities. Because I know when, Do- like, like, like who's the Dolly Parton said, honey, I am blessed when I get up on this side of dirt in the morning. <laughs> we are ble- can I get an amen on that? <laughs> I am blessed when I get up on this side of dirt. So we can wake up and take our first deep breath. Thank you, God. Number four, we can be willing to unlearn those fears of lack and limitation. We can be willing to get above our raising. We can be willing to open our consciousness to see more, experience more, love more, forgive more. Because as we do this, our life grows expands and prospers more. And number five, we can be, willing, be in, we can be willing to be in gratitude every day for all that we are and all that we have. Get up and say, yes, thank you, God. I got up on this side of dirt. Amen. Thank you, God. I, 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 I see this penny on the ground. Thank you, God. We got together and sang beautiful music. Be grateful. Ernest Holmes, founder of religious science, he wrote in an article entitled Unlimited Living, which was published in his book, Your, Power, Your Spiritual Power, a collection of inspirational writings. He wrote, we need to have a big concept of the, fundamental, of the fundamental nature of life. We need to have a big concept of God, the universe. We need to know there is a limitless abundance of all things good. So I invite you, to stay on that road of prosperity. And when you see yourself maybe getting to the edge and the wheels are rolling on the edge of the road, correct yourself, correct that thinking. So I leave you today with a quote that I found, which was part of an advertisement for Adidas shoes. And the quote goes, it says, it goes like this. It says, impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they have been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Impossible is not a fact. It is an opinion. Impossible is not a declaration. It is a dare. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is nothing. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> With God, all things are possible. And so it is. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.